message called How to Love Well. And I think that during this time, especially with some of the new news um, that's that's going on in Canada and there's a lot of, uh, you know, reaction and and whatnot. Um, I think it is a, a very good reminder uh, to look at the person of love who is Jesus Christ and calibrate our heart, allow the Holy Spirit really to calibrate our heart uh, so that we can be more like him. OK, so I'm going to turn um to 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. If there's anybody on here that wants to write out the scripture, uh, just the passage like 1 Corinthians 13, so people know where we're at, that would be great. I'm going to read it to you um, starting at uh, verse 1. Again, this is out of the Passion Translation. Um, if I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages... And in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I did not express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Uh-oh, come on now. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after word of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. But when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters, for I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as though reflected in a mirror, but one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything, just as everything about me has been fully understood. Until then, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love, yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize, beautiful prize for which you run. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? That's a beautiful translation. I really enjoy um, the Passion Translation uh, because it is it is um, a, a combination of the Word and the Spirit coming together. It's actually really well researched, so I encourage you uh, to check it out. If you want to check it out, you can actually check it out on Bible Gateway. Uh, and you have it for free, and you, you just look for TPT, which is the Passion Translation, or order yourself a copy. All right, so the first thing I want to say here is love has to be our number one priority. I'm going to go to Luke 6, Luke 6, 45, and it says this, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Okay. So if we have not encountered love, who is a person, amen. And we're not allowing God to continuously nourish us, sustain us and fill us with his love. 
then how can we have an abundance of love for other people? It's so important. Everything starts in the heart, you guys. The way we receive, we receive in our heart, right? Uh, that's what the scripture says. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, right? So th there has to be a heart encounter. There has to be a heart understanding, right? Uh, and, and, and you see this kind of all throughout scripture. You know, David saying, create in me a clean heart, O God, and, and renew a right spirit within me. You see God talking in, um, in Ezekiel, um, uh, between 35 and 37, um, in those chapters, he says, you know, I, I will I will sprinkle clean water on them and they will be clean. I believe it's Ezekiel 36. And I will remo remove their heart of stone and I will give them a heart of flesh or a heart that feels. Everything, um, our heart has to be sensitive. It has to be soft. It has to be uh, open to receive because everything that we our reality that we walk in, that we live in, it all comes out of uh, our heart posture, okay? So we need to understand that w we simply cannot give what we do not have. If we have not, you know, surrendered our heart to God and we're allowing him to nourish our heart, you know, we cannot give what we don't have, okay? So we must continually be aware of God's presence or Christ in us in order that we would allow his love and his love alone to complete us. We need to stay in that place of love, okay? I'm just laying foundation here still, and then I'm going to move forward. So here we go. John 15, uh, verses 5 to 11. Again, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, okay? And this is what it says, starting at verse 5. John 15, verse 5, Passion Translation. I am the sprouting vine... And you're my branches as you live in union with me as your source. Fruitfulness will stream from within you. But, but when you live separated from me, you are powerless. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me. And if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. Come on, somebody. Uh, verse 8, when your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature who disciples who glorify my Father. I love each of you with the same love. That's important. I love each of you with the same love, the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands. For I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. Come on, somebody. Isn't that exciting? Jesus desired that we would have the same joy, the, 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 same, the, the same overwhelming, flooding joy would fill our hearts. Amen? All right. So, we need to allow love to, we need to make love our number one priority. Okay. That's the first thing I want to say. Um, patience must be developed in us. Now, uh, we're in a season right now where, I mean, there's all kinds of patience being developed. I hope that there's patience being developed in you. It's a good time. It is a good season we're in right now. It is good for us to be in the place where we're at right now. Let me tell you, uh, God has been using this season. And he's using this season to get us to wake up into the reality of who we're called to be. He's using this season to realign our hearts with his. He's using this season so that we can move out of a place that we've always known and into a place that he has prepared for us. He has prepared a place for us. And I'm telling you guys, we are entering into the greatest seasons of harvest. 
And it's not because of anything that we've done. <laughs> it's all because of what he has prepared. Uh, you know, the Bible says, you know, um, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has perceived what the Lord has prepared for those who love him. And uh, this is a brand new season where many, many were unprepared. I mean, we were unprepared. I mean, Johnston, our last name means never unprepared. And yet we were unprepared. Imagine that, you know, just being human. Um, and that's the reality that we have not been prepared, but God has called the church to be the head and not the tail. He's called us to be above and not beneath. It, it is a brand new season. And uh, it's a brand new season for us to, to, to just trust God and follow him because he knows where we're going. Amen. He was not surprised by COVID-19. He was not surprised by any of the regulations of the government. He was not surprised by, um, you know, uh, uh, all of the, the, the conspiracies that are floating around there. He is not moved. He is not insecure. He is love. He is constant. He is stable. Amen? So patience must be developed in us. You know, uh, patience defined as the capacity to accept or tolerate delay trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. I'll say it again. Patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. See, so we inevitably face trouble. We face conflict. We 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 face trying situations and we're in one right now, guys. We're in one right now. In fact, if you're in this situation now and you have children, my goodness, patience is really being developed in you. And let me tell you, it's, it's a trying season. So we need to allow patience to be developed. And I'm pretty sure that in this season, you have a pretty good reading of where your patience level is at. Like, I mean, there are times where, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. And then there are times where I'm like, oh, no, I'm like, oh, God, forgive me. I am not doing really well at all. I'm not, I'm not being patient at all. I'm, I'm not I'm not, you know, understanding the way that I should, you know, and, and these situations I talked about it last week. We are in the press. You guys We're in the, the time of pressure where the good and the bad is coming out all at once and God is sorting everything out all at once. He is not afraid of the bad. He's not afraid of your emotions. He's not afraid of your mess. He's not afraid at all. Okay. So patience has to be developed in you. Um, let's look at this. Let's look at James one and we're going to go verses two to four. James one, two to four says this, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. There's a different perspective. <laughs> it's almost like James is like, hey, guys, turn that frown upside down. And, and when you hear that, I don't know how many of you have heard that. And I'm like, you know, you can't seem to be able to do that. Right. Um, imagine if my face froze just like that as froze like, oh, that'd be pretty bad. Right. Anyways. Uh, but James is saying, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulty, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For, you know, that when your faith is tested, how many of you feel like your faith is being tested? I mean, even going out to the grocery store and you might feel like your faith is being tested. But I have news for you. Faith, it comes from God. And he's the one that gives you faith. Amen? So, um, for you know that when your faith is tested, verse 3, it stirs up power within you 
to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every area of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. How can that be? It's because God is the one that releases his faith to you. It's not a matter, you guys, of you having strong faith. It's a matter of you receiving the faith of God, and then you are the one that activates that in your life. I'll say that again. It's not a matter of you building up faith because trust me, faith doesn't come from you. You can never muster up enough faith, okay? Faith comes from God and it's given to you and then you activate that faith, okay? And that's why it can become complete. That's why it can become uh, like you're lacking nothing because the, the, faith, the faith that's given to you is perfect faith, amen? This is clearly not a natural way for us to think and process like, oh, what an opportunity that I have, you know, I'm at home, you know, and I'm at home again tomorrow. And, um, you know, the day after that, yeah, I'm going to be at home. And, and the day after that, yeah, I'm going to be at home. Unless you're an essential worker, this is the reality uh, of what's going on right now. And, uh, you know, we don't want to belittle you know, um, all the people that are, that are working and they're, they're out there and they're, they're, they're in their workplace or they're on the front lines, you know, they're serving, you know, whether they be like, a um, a, a doctor or a nurse or, or, um, you know, someone, uh, the, the police or, or, you know, the firemen or the, the EMTs or, you know, even, even teachers that are going to be going back, maybe they're going to be going back, have no idea. Um, but whoever they are, you know, we, we want to pray for them. We want to keep them, but the majority uh, of us, are, are at home. So I'm just saying that that's our reality right now. And it's not a normal way for us to think, wow, what an opportunity. But look at what's going on now, you guys. Like just last night, seven new people gave their lives to the Lord over an online broadcast. Seven new people. The week before, there were four people. The week before that, there were another seven people. So God is moving and it's an amazing opportunity for us to see that God is 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 moving in a in a brand new way. And and I want to share tonight out of my own heart that it's an opportunity for you to say God, search my heart and know me and see if there's any wicked way within me. By wicked way, I mean that a way that we've been living, a way that that we have been um you know uh walking on our journey that's not working and it's not producing fruit it's not producing life either it's it's producing you know death or it's producing complacency or or you know it, it's it's produced you know a, a a place in your heart where uh you you may feel negative emotions towards somebody okay so i want to go there tonight and this is uh, this is this is a huge huge thing, okay? But I love what Paul explains here in Second Corinthians five seventeen, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share this again is from the Passion Translation. It says, "Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ." Think about that. If anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. And all that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. Amen. So God is so good. He's so loving. He's so kind. But it's greater than that. You see, when we receive Jesus Christ in our life, we have to understand that we need to identify with his death on the cross, okay? So that we can identify with his resurrection, okay? Uh, we cannot simply have a gospel that just stops at the cross. We need a gospel of the cross, but we need a gospel of the cross and the empty grave, we cannot just stay at the foot of the cross for the rest of our life. Jesus did not stay on the cross. He rose again. And as Paul writes, he said, he says um, in Galatians 2.20, for I have been crucified with Christ. 
and yet I live, not I, but Christ that lives in me, right? So so the life that I now live, I live in Christ. And that's that's Paul explaining that. And that basically means that that you need to identify not only with Jesus's death, okay? So it's like, okay, God, I surrender. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my dreams. I give you my goals. I give you my ambitions, right? And, and we die to what we want. But guess what? The true desires that, that are in your heart that were given to you by God, he has the power to bring resurrection to those things in your heart and in your life. How? By his spirit, okay? So what, when I'm talking about the faith of God, it's the faith that you receive. That's God in you. Uh, Philippians 2.13 says this, for God is working in you both to will and to do that which pleases him. What does that mean? It means that even if I'm not feeling it, even if I don't feel like I even have the capacity, I don't have the energy, I don't have the ability, good, if you don't have the ability, then that means that he has the opportunity to shine through you stronger and stronger. Amen. So th this is what we're talking about here. All right. So what a change in our perspective, right? That comes when our mind is renewed in Christ. All right. So um, love has to be our number one priority. Okay, patience has to be developed in us. There are two things still laying foundation here. Kindness and gentleness is what we should be known for. We should be famous for kindness and gentleness. We should be known for kindness and gentleness, you guys. We need to be marked by kindness and gentleness. And and is that something that's being said about the Christians? Is that something that's being said about the church? I want it to be said about me. I want to be marked. I want to be known as someone that's kind and gentle. Why? Because then that's like Jesus. That's Jesus in me. Okay. Amen. Romans 2 verse 4 says this. Do the riches of his extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he has been to you? Don't mistake his tolerance for acceptance. Do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you into repentance? Other versions say it is the kindness of God that leads you to repentance. Amen. In other words, he's so good that you cannot help but change your mind. When you encounter him, you encounter him in your heart and you, you and, and it messes you up because God, you're better than what I thought. I, I you know, I, I thought you were going to come at me, you know, with a club to hit me over the head when I've done something wrong. No, he's better than what you think. And when you realize that you have an experience in your heart that starts to change your mind. Amen. And your mind starts to be changed. Your mind starts to be renewed. And now you think differently. You start to think out of the mind of Christ and you start to act differently. All right. It's not enough for us to just talk about Jesus. We need to walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, think like Jesus, act like Jesus. That's who we are called to be. Amen. That's who we're called to be. So how can we do this? We need, we need to learn to celebrate other people. This is a big thing, you guys. Learn to celebrate other people. See, when you reach the breakthrough at that point in your life, when you finally make it to wherever you know you've wanted to make it, trust me, you are going to want to have people there. So why not make it a practice right now to be thankful and to give God glory for what he does in someone else? See, what happens sometimes is we get an orphan mentality and we think, well, there's only so much opportunity to go around. There's only so much blessing to go around. There's only so much favor to go around. So we control the situation or we control our responses and we don't get too excited because, you know, we're afraid that, you know, somehow if we give away all of our excitement, we'll have nothing left for us when that is 
totally, totally untrue. That is a lie from the pit of hell. I remember having an encounter, uh, you know, one day and God showed me a big giant pie and I'm like, praise God, I love pie. And I looked at it and there was only one piece of the pie left. And then the Lord spoke to me and he said, you are not an orphan, Ben, that needs to fight for his piece of the pie. I am a good, good father and I have more than enough to go around. You don't have to perform. You don't have to move around and, 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 you know, make some kind of a commotion. You don't have to try and make things happen. I am more than able to bless you. And God has given you a portion. He's given you a huge portion. What portion has he given you? The portion of a son, the portion of a daughter. It's a full portion. It's a complete portion. It's a blessing for you. You don't have to strive. You, you don't have to try. You don't have to perform. You just have to say, thank you, Jesus, because that is your portion. Amen. Come on. So you don't have to, uh, to, to try and, 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 and get his attention. You know, um, you're not like the donkey in Shrek. That's like, pick me, pick me, pick me. You don't have to be like that. You can be you. And God is so excited to bless you. Amen. So learn to celebrate others. See, witnessing someone else's promotion can be very revealing of what's really going on in your heart. <laughs> right? What's really going on in your heart? Because when you see something enough pie, I love that hashtag. Come on, Jesus. Um, when you see someone else get accelerated, when you see someone else get promoted, when you see blessing and favor and increase come upon someone else, if there's something in your heart that's like, you know, th then you know that God, he wants to set you free. He's exposing in this season by the light of his spirit. He's shining light on people's hearts, not so that they can feel exposed or that they can feel, you know, that they there, um, you know, um, that, that he's pointing them out or singling them out. He is exposing all of the lies and all of the, 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 um, all of the barriers, if you will, for lack of a better uh, word, all of the obstacles. That's what I'm looking for. He's, he's, he is exposing all the obstacles and all the lies that have kept you contained because you have believed that God is not really as good as he says that he is. <laughs> and he is so much better than what you think, okay? Um, we need to understand that there's a lot of people that, um, you know, they operate out of this place of familiarity. You know, and when, when God starts to work in your heart and things start to change and promotion comes your way, there's a lot of people that think that, you know, you may not deserve it. But guess what? It has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with God. Even Jesus had to deal with familiarity. See, what happens with familiarity is people see you, people hear you, people think that they know you, but they don't really know the full picture of who you are. They see a glimpse of who they think that you are. And that, by that glimpse, they make a judgment call. And that judgment call categorizes you in their mind. And now you are occupying a, a box in their mind where they have placed you. When you start to move out of that place of containment, things start to, to shift and, and, and shake. And then sometimes people can't handle it. They get really, really uncomfortable. And let me tell you, the devil, he doesn't want you to move out of that place. He tries to, um, he tries to keep you contained and controlled and he tries to get you listening to the same channel all the time it's negative fm and he's trying to <laughs> he's trying to get you to 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 keep on hearing okay i can't do this and i can't do this and i won't do that and god won't do that and uh, god's not really like that oh he doesn't do that anymore and you know that person you know well i'm always going to be like this and i'm always going to be like that it's the victim negative news um channel that's circulating in your brain and it's all this stuff that that has to do with your heart god wants to he wants to clear up things in your heart so that you can be free amen he wants you to be free all right 
So I hope you're getting this. But even Jesus had to deal with familiarity. I mean, he went back. It says here in Mark 6, um, verse 1, he went away from there and he came to his hometown and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astonished, saying, where did this man get all these things? What is this wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is he not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are these not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. They took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could not do work there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. See, we need to do better, you guys. We need to choose to do better. We need to make a decision to do better. When people are, um, when people are being blessed, when people are being, you know, um, are, are having opportunity, when good things are happening to them, we need to be celebrating. We need, I mean, we need to get excited. And, you know, th this is something that doesn't come naturally. And sometimes, honestly, it has to be a decision. And there have been times in my life where I've seen people, trust me, uh, they've accelerated and they've exploded onto the scene and God's blessed them. And, and you know, the, they're prophesying and, you know, and, and all kinds of opportunities going on. And, and, you know, I've had to learn, you know, just to choose. My, my first reaction has to be joy. My first reaction has to be celebration. My first reaction has to be, yes, God, bless them. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And even if someone tells me something, you know, try it next time. Freak somebody out by celebrating with them. You know, celebrate the small wins in their life. Just be like, that's amazing, man. That's so good. Even if it's over the top, you know, it, it starts to, it starts to do something in you. You start to, you start to think differently you start to act differently, you know, and, 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 and eventually it's going to come more and more naturally because that's really what Jesus is all about. If you show Jesus like your latest, um, song or your latest poem, or, you know, your, your latest like Insta post that was inspiring, he'd be like, that's awesome. He would be so over the top in celebration because he loves you. He loves you, man. Like anyways, so it can be difficult for others to take when God suddenly promotes someone. And ultimately, it has to do with our hearts and with our motives. See, if our motives are pure, we'll gladly rejoice with somebody else. But if we have selfish or proud you know, motives or ambitions, we'll have a hard time celebrating. And we may even be offended by someone else's promotion. It's true. Come on. So we need to become a safe place for other people. We're talking about how to love well. If you guys are just joining us tonight, um, maybe, you know, go back and start to watch from the beginning. Um, but we need to be a safe place for other people. We really do. See, people want to know that their relationship with you is safe. They want to be free to express anger, happiness, confusion, frustration, and any number of things without being judged for their behavior. We need to not, we need to not judge people, you guys. When people come to us and they've got stuff going on, um, we need to, to not judge them. We need to be like Jesus to them, man. I mean, especially now, especially now, when people are coming to you and they have genuine fear, you can't like be all self-righteous and be like, well, you know, we're not supposed to be afraid. This is, this is a big, big thing, right? And I've told people in this season that it is okay to feel fear, okay? It's okay to feel fear as long as you're honest with yourself and you're honest before God. This is how this works, okay? God, I'm afraid, but I don't want to stay afraid. So I recognize that I'm afraid and I'm coming now into your presence and I'm exposing this fear, for what it is. And uh, God, I can't help it. This is how I feel. But I know that when I'm with you, you are my safety. You are my peace. You are my rest. You are my hiding place. I know that when I'm with you, that you are the one that promises to keep me from harm. And you see how we get realigned. We get recalibrated with God and with his heart. 
And what that does for us is that actually sets us free because we're not trying to suppress, you know, a feeling. Uh, we're not, uh, you know, in, in cognitive dissonance where we're like, you know, our body's like, you know, oh, I'm so afraid, but we're trying to be all spiritual and we're like, no, you know, I rebuke that fear in Jesus' name. You know, you may try and push that fear away. You might try and push that fear down. You might try and discard that thought. It's not going to work because you're still afraid. The best thing that you could possibly do is come before God. He accepts you. That's right, mom. He accepts us as we are. We come before God. We say, God, I'm afraid. Help me to not be afraid, right? And we don't stay in the place of fear, okay? But we can't judge people during this time that are afraid. We need to pray for them. They need Jesus. If they had Jesus, then they would have that, that place of safety, amen? So... It's so good. We love, we need to love people and we need to be a safe place for them. All right. We must remember that love provides safety for people to be people. And that involves high and low times, good and bad behavior. Okay. We cannot be in a place where, you know, we are demanding that everybody live up to some kind of crazy standard. You can't even live up to any kind of standard without the power of Holy Spirit within you. He is the one that renovates us. He is the one that rebuilds us. He is the one that takes our brokenness. He brings beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He is the one that transforms us guys hits by his spirit amen this is good it'll make non-believers feel shame and alienate them if they're told they shouldn't feel fear yeah uh, they need to be able to express that okay this is good proverbs 17 verse 9 says whoever covers an offense seeks love but he who repeats a matter separates close friends so we need to learn how to cover people and uh, there have been lots of times, you know, just in us doing what we do, uh, where people have come to us and there's there's a lot going on in people's lives and, and in their hearts. And, and they may even feel themselves like they're disqualified. But listen, we need to love them with the love of the Lord. And we need to believe because love believes all things and hopes all things. We need to believe the best in people, the best, even if they've come and, oh my gosh, you know, these, these, these people, they've called me, you know, time and time again. And every time they call me, you know, they're in crisis and, you know, something's going on and, and, oh my gosh, you know, um, I don't know what's going to happen next time, you know? Uh, and I told them, I told them, you know, that they should change their behavior and, and yet, you know, here they are again, we cannot get into that place. As much as we may feel that way, as much as we might be like, you know what, this person's never going to change. That is not true. And it's not up to you. It's up to God. But God can use you if you choose to keep your heart in a place of readiness, in a place of, of cleanliness and preparedness. And that, by the way, is not, is not the onus of keeping your heart in that place. The, the, the work to do that is not your work. It's the Spirit's work. But you have to say yes to the spirit, to work in you, to clean things out. And that looks like you bumping into people that irritate you because God will use those times to speak, to challenge you about, about, you know, why are you even talking to this person? Are you talking to this person because you think you're holier than them? Are you talking to this person because you think you've got all the answers? Are you talking to this person because, you know, um, it, it, it's feeding your ego and, oh, I did something good for somebody else? No, you're talking to this person out of a pure place of love. If not, you should leave them alone. I'm just saying, you should leave them alone. If your motivation is not love, then you should probably let someone else love them. And I'm just saying it because it's true, okay? Our motivation has to be love. Let's look at this. Yes, that's right. Change comes from the inside out. Praise God. Let's look at this. Luke 6. And this is a scripture that has been taught really wrong. And uh, it's okay. I don't want to open up a can of worms, but it might open up by itself. Uh, Luke 6, 37 and uh, 38. There's a context to this verse, and this context is going to be very clear. 
Here we go. Luke 6, 37, 38. Jesus said, forsake. That means leave the habit of criticizing and judging others. And then you will not be criticized and judged in return. Don't look at others and pronounce them guilty. And you will not experience guilty accusations yourself. I want to talk about this. Okay. I want to talk about this for a second. Um, What happens sometimes is we get into a place where we judge other people. And when we judge other people, there it's like, I, I'll just explain this to you, okay? This is, this is what happens. Um, I don't have time to unpack all of it, but because Christ has given us his authority, we have the ability in the spirit realm to create, okay? The power of life and death is uh, in the tongue. It's in the tongue, okay? The power of life and death is in the tongue. Um, But it's more powerful than what we think. So when we speak something, it becomes alive. It becomes active. So when um, when you start to enter into judgment against somebody else, it's as if you've opened up a court case against um, that person. And, uh, and what you've done is, is you've now, um, you've now tied them and you've brought them into a place where, you know, they, uh, they now are, they have to answer, you know, for this, this kind of accusation that's come against them. And this happens in the spirit realm. Uh, you judge them and it's like, they're held to this place, uh, of court where they're accused. Okay. Um, but in that you are also accused. So you're both accused and now you're both kind of tied up in this matter and you've created this because of your judgment. This is what happens all the time. Uh, we get stuck in our life sometimes because we have judged somebody or judgment comes back on us because we have judged someone. And so we need to understand that there's a way in which we can live free and is called with drawing judgments. And I want to talk about this because we're in the perfect time and the perfect season for us to do a heart check, for us to pray the prayer like David prayed. Oh Lord, search me and know me and see if there's any wicked way within me, right? We are in a time where we have the time to do this. And perhaps there's someone that when their face comes to mind, you get angry. I mean, you get upset. And and all that, you know, kind of comes back to you is, is these negative emotions and you can't help but, you know, just, just feel negative and something inside you is shaken. That's probably because there's some kind of, there's some kind of, uh, of a judgment that you've made toward them and God wants you to be free. So I want to teach you tonight how to do that. You simply can go to God and be like, God, I bring this person before you and Lord, you know that I've been upset I don't even fully know why I'm upset, or maybe you do. And if you do, just repent. And by repent, I mean change your mind. I don't mean uh, ask for forgiveness. That's another thing you need to do. Confess. I'll give you a a three-step process, okay? Confess, ask for forgiveness, and then repent. This is what you need to do, okay? God... I come to you and I'll just use, I'll use someone as an example. I'll use Phil. He can take it. God, I come to you and I confess that I've been jealous of Phil's beautiful long hair. God, I ask that you would forgive me for being jealous of Phil's long hair. God, would you bless Phil and would you continue to allow the follicles to bring life in his scalp that he would be even more abundantly blessed with his hair? hair. And God, I choose right now to turn from this negative attitude and I choose to bless Phil and I choose to let you, Holy Spirit, come and work in my heart because I know that you are a good, good father. I used humor because it's such a, it's, it's a heavy thing, but sometimes we come to people and we come to them, you know, we have this crazy, these crazy, nasty thoughts towards somebody else. And, and it's, it's, yeah, here we go. I'm going to leave that up here. Confess, ask forgiveness, repent. We have these crazy uh, ideas about somebody else and we're like, God, 
I don't even know why I feel this way, but we need to come to him and confess, right? We confess it, we're bringing it into the light so that it can be exposed, not so that we can be exposed, but so that the the thing that is that is the obstacle that's keeping us from moving forward, the very thing that's limiting us, that's containing us, can be exposed to the light. Now that it is exposed, God, I'm sorry that I stayed in this place of, uh, of just stuckness for all of this time. I choose now to turn this way. God, give me your grace. Remember, Grace is the supernatural substance of God that empowers you to walk as a new creation. Amen. And that's how that, that's how that keeps going. Okay. So that's the first part of this verse. Let's go Luke six and we'll go down here. Um, the last part of 37, forgive over and over and you will be forgiven over and over. And here's the verse that everybody loves to quote um, for um, offerings, but it's not really for that at all. Give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you, shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts that will pour out upon you with such overflowing measure that it will run over the top. Your measurement of generosity becomes your measurement of return. And I understand that principle you know when people use that forgiving but really in context it's talking about judgment so it's like the amount of blessing that you even pray and pronounce over somebody else is the amount of blessing that you're also going to receive that you sow blessing right then you're going to reap blessing so it is about giving but mostly in the context of judgment so just remember that forgiveness is a huge thing too forgiveness is 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 a massive thing because some people have been traumatized in their life and they've gone through uh, different kinds of abuse and uh, some of you that know my testimony that you know that there's a, a part in my life where i experienced some some abuse and and um there was a, you know, a, a time where I had to choose to forgive certain people in my life, because if I didn't choose to forgive them, it would be like taking a rope and attaching a big giant boulder to this rope. And I would be dragging it my entire life. And guess what I'm dragging? I'm not just dragging that situation. I'm dragging that person and I'm dragging that person down a road that leads to judgment, to, that leads to the justice that I think in my heart that they deserve for the way that they treated me. Come on, somebody, I'm preaching tonight. You know, it's like you attached a rope to that person and now you're dragging them down the road. So neither you or that person is totally free. So forgiveness is what cuts that, 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 that soul tie, is, is what snaps the rope and allows you to be free. Forgiveness is, is the supernatural freedom that comes and, and you can only reach that through, through relying fully on Jesus Christ. Forgiveness is, is the power that releases you and that other person from an ungodly contract, an ungodly tie, an ungodly attachment that's like poison funneling through your veins and keeping you from even thinking properly. It's like poison gets into your mind. And of course, yeah, we can agree that forgiveness is a process. 100%. Forgiveness is, is not, inst it's not like instantaneous. God leads us into a place where, 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 remember, we're talking about the heart. So he's, he's exposing things in our heart. He's shining his light upon us so that we can see. And then we confess what we see. And then we ask for forgiveness for where we've lived and where we've stayed. And then we repent. That that word repent means metanoia. It means to change your mind. We change our mind about that person. We change our mind about God. You know, God, you know, why would you let me go through that situation? And oftentimes, you know, we make a judgment against that person and we make a judgment against God. So when we withdraw judgment, we need to even withdraw judgment against God. 
You remember the uh, the parable of um, of the talents, where um, the talents were given to you know three different servants, and uh, the one that had one, he buries his in the sand. And he, the master comes home and he wants to know what was done. We fast forward to the end. You can read it and look at it. And he says, master, I know that you were a, that you were mean. Essentially, he makes a judgment call upon the master. I knew that you were shrewd. I knew that you would be upset if anything happened to your money. He makes a judgment call on him. Many times as believers, we make a judgment call call on God. And we actually put God in that place of judgment. We judge God. So when we're talking about withdrawing judgment, we need to withdraw judgments we've made against other people and judgments we've even made toward God because it limits the way that we see God. Amen. Let's look at this. Forgiveness is not denying the wrong that has been done to us, but rather choosing to release the other person and let God be the one who does the justice. Yes, Phil. Absolutely. Amen. A thousand times. Amen. It is instead of us dragging that person down the road to uh, an outcome or a consequence that we think that they deserve. It's us allowing God to be God and, and allowing him to uh, execute justice. Okay. I've seen this happen before where I've judged other people and the same judgment has come around. See, you will reap what you sow. It's not a new principle, but it's an eternal principle, okay? And so this is better for you to learn earlier in life, earlier in life, okay? And that's why David, um, David prayed this prayer and we should learn to pray this prayer as well, okay? Psalm 141, verse 3. I'm going to say it again. Psalm 141.3 says this. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. We need to pray that prayer sometimes. Okay? How many people are getting something tonight? If you're getting something tonight, you know, give me some hearts or something. All right? And here we go. Believe the best of others. Guess who others include? And I'm going to hit this tonight. Others include... Your premier, others include your prime minister, others include those that God has placed in power. Believe the best in other people. Believe like God. You know, even if you got to pray that prayer, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. And I, God, I have unbelief and I need you to come and help my unbelief. God, I want to be able to bless. I want to be able to live. I want to be able to help people. I want to be able to pray prayers genuinely from my heart. God bless this person. God, may they only encounter your goodness and mercy. Lord, let it follow them all the days of their life. God, we thank you, Lord. May they be blessed when they come in, blessed when they go out, blessed in the city, blessed in the country. We need to be able to pray. God, I, I believe, but help my unbelief in the places where I can't, he can, right? In our weakness, he is strong, you guys. So even when it comes to government officials, we need to believe the best. God, we thank you for uh, Premier Legault. God, we thank you for giving him supernatural wisdom and guidance. God, we thank you that you're going to work all things out, God, for good. I'm just talking in our context here in Quebec, but if you're talking about Canada, God, I thank you for Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. God, I thank you, Lord, for him and his wife. God, I decree and I declare salvation over their household. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to encounter him. You've encountered dream, you've encountered kings through dreams in the past, God. Even in Daniel's time, God, you spoke to wicked kings, God. And Lord, I thank you that, Lord, just as you spoke, Lord, to leaders throughout uh, history, you can speak to Justin Trudeau. God, we release your angels, God, right there on the Sussex Drive. Right now, Lord, we release them, God. And Lord, we speak blessing. God. We speak favor, God. We speak increase upon the government in Jesus' mighty name. That's how we have to pray. How do we pray like that? Not with our own natural love, but with a love that possesses us, with a love that we receive from God, with a love that transforms us so that we can be renewed and we can think completely different. We can talk completely different. We can act completely different. Why? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The Lord and his spirit working in you right? Remember that verse, Philippians 2.13, for it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do that which pleases him. Come on, somebody. I'm excited. I'm excited here. So don't believe the fake news about others. Avoid gossip and slander. Confess, God, I said this about this person, you know, um, and I didn't really know, and I'm sorry, God. 
you know, and sometimes you guys, you might actually need to go and confess to that person. You might actually need to call them up and you might need to embrace the low place. I remember when I came back from school of ministry and I thought I was like all that in a bag of chips when I was like a teenager because I could, you know, play guitar and all this kind of stuff. And, and I really like I was so hurt. I was so wounded. I was like, God, I just want people to love me. So the one thing that I felt that I could do good, you know, I, I made sure that I was real good at it and made sure that people knew I was real good at it. And I had an attitude about it and and it was bad and I pushed people away and all kinds of stuff. I had to come back and the Lord spoke to me. He said, Ben, embrace the low place. It's going to be like you scraping your stomach on the asphalt, but you need to do that. You need to call up people. You need to make sure that they know that you believe what you did was wrong, how you acted was wrong, what you said was wrong. I've caught myself, guys. I haven't caught myself. The Holy Spirit has convicted me. Um, and then I've had to face the facts of what I've done in my life in the past. And I've needed to come at, toward others. Yeah. Yes, repentance is so key. Who are we to condemn others when the Lord forgave our many sins? That's right. The Lord spoke to me um, one time I was preaching the gospel in Victoria, British Columbia. And he said, Ben, the only difference between you and an unbeliever is that you met me first. That's the only difference. And I was like, God, I was like, God, what do you mean? God, you know, and God's like, yep. The only difference between you and someone that doesn't know me is that you met me first. And then when they meet me, there'll be no difference between you and them. And we have to be okay with that. Why? Because when we meet him, when we encounter him, and when we, we start to live our life for him, he sees us all the same, you guys. He's not impressed by your gifts. He's not impressed by your abilities. He gave them to you. You know what he's impressed by? Your heart. He's impressed by your heart, okay? So let's avoid the fake news and avoid the gossip and slander at all costs, okay? Uh, Proverbs eleven thirteen says, Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Amen? Come on. I know you guys are getting this tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs sixteen twenty eight: A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. So believe the best about other people. That's what we need to do. Uh, there's a pretty cool quote here by one of my son's favorite um, artists. His name is Lecrae. Um, he's, a, he's a Christian uh, rap artist. And uh, is what he says. Believe the best about other people. Pray for their shortcomings. You are not the standard. We all need grace. Okay? And I'm going to go here. I'm going to read um, just as we're winding down here. I want to read out of the book of John. I'm using my like e-Bible here tonight. All right. Oh, we're back. Okay. Awesome. This app is just it's freaking out that I'm using it for so long, I guess. <laughs> All right. We're going to go to John 13. And we're going to go to verse 34. Okay. John 13, 34. It says this, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another, okay? Um, this is what I want to be known for. This is what we need to be known for. Because if people just saw me, they're not going to want anything to do with me. <laughs> but if people see Jesus, he is the desire of the nations. I mean, everybody wants Jesus. They may not know that they want Jesus, but everybody wants Jesus, you guys. They may not know it, but they do. Why? Because he is the desire of the nations. He's the desire of the nations and everybody wants Jesus. Absolutely. Everybody wants um, him because he's so good. He's undeniable. He's fantastic. He, he's, um, you know, so we need to allow the love of God to, to completely penetrate our heart and permeate every part of our being. Okay. Amen. So I want to pray here tonight. I want to um, just kind of 
um, lift this time that we've had up to the Lord and allow him to come in and realign us. All right. Can, can we do that? So I'm just going to pray. Yeah. Come on, Jesus. I'm just going to pray here tonight for all, all of my friends that are watching and then all of those that are going to watch the, the rewatch right here, um, you know, over Facebook live. So father, I thank you tonight for my friends. And I thank you for those that are watching and all that are going to, to watch the, the, the broadcast at a later date. God, I thank you, Lord, that you desire for us to live in freedom. And God, that, that you don't desire for us to stay in a place of stuckness. So God, I'm asking that the light of your spirit would shine. Right now, that it would shine. The light of your Holy Spirit whoa, would shine upon people's hearts so that they would be able to see. Not so that they would feel exposed, but God, that they would be able to see. Some of you, you're going to see even for the first time why you were stuck in a certain area. I prophesy right now, the light of God is coming and he's coming and he's shining upon you. He's coming and he's shining upon you. He's shining upon your heart. There's a spotlight upon your heart so that you may see clearly what is right in front of you. The Lord wants you to see. He wants you to see clearly. Father, I thank you for the light of your spirit shining on people's hearts so that they can see um, and they can be free from every obstacle. They can be free from every snare. They can be free from every trap. They can be free from every lie that the enemy has had them in. Some of you, uh, I break those cycles now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that the light has come right now and God, that they're going to be able to see and, and Lord, you're breaking them out of a place of containment. God, I thank you, Lord, that as they come to you, Lord, give them the courage, just as you said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. God, I thank you that courage is an ingredient, God, that you give to us so that we can go through the process. God, as our, as our brother Daniel clearly said here on the, on the broadcast, Lord, you give us courage, God, so we can go through the process, God, of, of, of withdrawing judgments, of, 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 of releasing forgiveness, even if it's an ongoing practice, God. We want to live in freedom. We want to be those that are marked by supernatural love. We want to be those that are marked by by mercy and grace we want to be those that walk like jesus that act like jesus that speak like jesus we want to be those that 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 choose to forgive and to let go we want to be those that believe the best because love believes all things and 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 it endures all things so father we thank you for tonight we thank you lord that you're challenging us we thank you god that you're cleaning up our hearts we thank you god that that we have this opportunity in this season to to, to even write down notes and some of you are going to need to do that you're going to need to take out a write uh, a notebook and write down, you know, some of the people that you have these negative emotions about. You're going to have to start going through the process with God. God, what is it? And as those memories come into mind, you need to make a conscious decision, you know, to come before God and confess that your attitude toward them was wrong. I've done this, so I can say this, you guys. I still do this when God reveals stuff to me. I repented last week even to a friend of mine, you know, for something that was going on. We're all human. We need to understand that God is, is, in, is increasing. This is a season where you can either choose to be a victim or you can be victorious. God wants to move you into victory and away from the victim mentality where the negativity, negative FM has been playing. God wants to release life FM, life more abundantly. You know, there's been things that have been stealing your joy. There's been things that have been stealing your peace. There have been things that have been limiting your potential. But God wants to break you out of this place of containment. He wants to break you out of this place of confinement and he wants to bring you into a place of rest and he's forcing you to rest in this season so i want to encourage some of you take out your notebook and and just process this stuff with god you know um allow him to search you allow him to to bring you into a place of freedom and i'll promise you it's going to be absolutely amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay. Because God is the one that is, is, is he's the one that, um, he will have the last word and no matter what's going on in your life, no matter, you know, what you've been through, um, God is the one that is able to, uh, bring that healing. He's the one that's able to bring, uh, you know, justice for you. You know, if you're in a place where you need justice, you know, um, your, your job is to release forgiveness. Your job 
is to withdraw judgments. It's like if you had a sheet that was uh, that was passed before the court and it was put on the judge's, um, you know, pedestal or wherever they are, maybe the judge's desk or whatever. You you take. The- that paper back that's the withdrawing withdrawing the judgment god i am not going to lay charge against this person i choose to withdraw my judgment uh, god forgive me for making that judgment in the first place i confess that that was wrong and i repent right now and i won't see that person the same way i'm going to choose to love okay so i think that you know you guys have got this um so far tonight um and uh, i want to thank you for being on here with me hey mode how are you all the way from vancouver god bless you you're awesome so happy to see you on here with us tonight we have so many friends um that have joined us tonight for the broadcast and and i miss you all we love you um please share the broadcast tonight um with somebody that needs it you know there's there's people that that need to be free and uh so this is just a loving um encouragement for you um to know that god is up to something in this season and he he loves um your heart and he wants you to live free he wants you to live free all right yeah exactly mercy for those that have wronged us absolutely dude mercy for those that have wronged us absolutely come on yeah you miss me more yeah i'm sorry i picked on you phil tonight but you can take it you're a good dude all right guys i love you thank you so much for watching the broadcast if you are uh if you've gotten into nothing to do even if you have something to do i still want you to watch the the rebroadcast tomorrow night supernatural love me and chelsea are going to be launching our um broadcast it's going to be amazing we've got a lot of fun there for you for those of you that know us we're fun people chelsea's more fun than me um the people that know chelsea know that you know some people (laughs) they meet chelsea and they're like oh you know uh she's amazing who's that ben guy I i don't even know but join us tomorrow night 8 30 we're going to have a good time. Supernatural love. And uh, yeah, if you haven't uh, liked the page, go ahead and like that. And uh, yeah, you have too much hair. That's that's hilarious. Um, yeah, God bless you guys. Have an amazing night. And we will talk to you at some point this week. I want to say just before I go, we have a midweek uh, Zoom call. Um, we do this with our community. Um, join the group on Facebook. You can like the page, the midweek it's the MDWK and check it out. Um, if you want any kind of information about, uh, the zoom call, um, ID or anything like that, and you can join us Wednesday nights at eight o'clock, um, Eastern time. All right. God bless you guys. I love you.